welcome to Behind the Sofa. This week's edition of Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Listener bloody recommendation, innit? I know, right? I'm excited. Yeah, so we thought just because we've all got a little bit of extra time at the moment. Why? Who's, who's, got, who's got extra time? Oh, right. <laughs> because the world's falling apart. Now yeah, I get you. Yeah, basically. Uh, so we thought that we would uh, try and stick up a few extra episodes just to keep you entertained and do what we can while everything is going on at the moment. Just to keep you kind of distracted from yeah, the to, world outside a little to bit. To keep you from going fucking full Jack Torrance from The Shining. Yeah, no one wants that. No one wants that. So, you know, if that's, that's on your to-do list, maybe don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we thought rather than sticking to just the list, we threw out a little bit of a uh, recommendation request to uh, people on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we got some really, really good ones. So we've stuck a few extra on the list, but there was one that came up uh, in uh, three different people on our Instagram recommended this to us. So we thought, well, that's obviously the one that we're being directed towards right now. There were one so. or two where I was like, I was I was watching them I was watching the suggestions with like uh, you know with intensity just thinking I really hope that someone else votes for that one as well because there were one mm. or two that I knew from there like um, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space yeah, you were was one that excited. I was like oh man please please someone else suggest that one <laughs> and um, another one which is one of my favourite favourite movies uh, that someone recommended as well I can't remember who it was mm. but someone suggested Manhunter Ugh. which is one of my all time favourite yeah. movies I fucking love that movie well we've got we've got obviously we've got Silence of the Lambs on there and yeah, uh, yeah Manhunter is just like the prequel oh, done before I feel like we I feel like the less said about Manhunter the better because yeah. I really do feel like we will mm. eventually do Kirsty it Kirsty and I have been talking about maybe doing a couple of uh, Ollie and Kirsty recommendations mm. of things that aren't on the list so maybe we'll stick up an extra episode at some point in the coming weeks you yeah. know I'll pick one Kirsty will pick one maybe Manhunter will be on there maybe Ooh. it won't we'll see um, but said. what did we end up choosing so we ended up choosing and I'm I'm intrigued because um we we've had a we've got a few we haven't watched any yet i don't think we've watched one no wait um uh john carpenter is we've watched two one one john carpenter i'm trying to get trying to remember yeah we've watched the fog that's true um and obviously further up towards number one there are uh several because he is the master he is literally um, so yeah, we actually ended up watching and reviewing 1987's *The Prince of Darkness*, which is not already on the list. Now, *The Prince of Darkness* was not what I thought it was. <laughs> I thought *The Prince of Darkness* was in the mouth of madness. Well, it's... which is also part of the same trilogy, right? Yeah, so the Apocalypse trilogy. So it's the thing to start with. Then Excellent. it's then it's Prince of Darkness. Then uh-huh. it's In the Mouth of Madness. So, okay. So maybe we'll check out In the Mouth of Madness. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it worth checking out? Yeah. Let us know on uh, on the Instas and on the Facebooks. Yeah. So behind the sofa podcast on Instagram or Facebook, come and let us know. Uh, give us your recommendations of what we should be watching. So yeah, thank you to uh, Jamie underscore Aylesworth eighty nine uh, Paradopler who comments on uh, a lot of our posts and we read them all and it's really really appreciated. <laughs> And uh, Zach Schaefer, who is the host of podcasting, or one of the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, which is another great podcast. That's a great podcast, yeah. Yeah, so please go and check them out as well. 
Um, yeah, so thank you for recommending this to us. Um, and now we're going to jump into a little bit of a synopsis and a little bit of a review. Yeah, go on, tell us about it. What's it about? Okay, so um, the <laughs> the fun the fun bit about this is like I usually try and grab the little blurb off of the um, uh, off the internet, just where it's been gathered together to to try and give as little away of mm. the actual plot as possible. And this one basically says. Um, Father Loomis is cleaning out the basement of his church and comes across this 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 thing that we'll talk about a little bit later. I was like, that's not was, what happened. No, he <laughs> that wasn't. Is not what happened. He wasn't cleaning it. There was like some like mysterious like yeah. deathbed shit going on before that that like led him down there, and there was a chest with a little key in it or a big key in it. Yeah, it was one of the members of the of the Brotherhood of Sleep. Yeah, which sounds so cool. Yeah, I was like, I want to be not, the Brotherhood if, of Sleep. If, if there's not a Doom or Stoner band named the Brotherhood of Sleep, then uh, <laughs> someone's missing out on a real trick. But I mean, the coolest like thing... a song that just is one chord that lasts for forty five minutes. That's all it needs to be. Yeah, but there's there's already a ton of like uh, bands and songs and stuff like that that are called um, Prince of Darkness, obviously because yeah, it's totally metal. But um, yeah, the uh, the the interesting thing is like this was originally built around uh, Deborah Hill, who worked with John Carpenter yeah, on, like, on multiple, Halloween, yeah. multiple things. Um, this was all based around a dream that she had of like a creepy uh like a really vague dream but it was like was a it the creepy... dream that they have in there yeah oh sweet so it's like a creepy dark figure emerging out of a church and like scared the hell out of her but like that was literally the 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 whole sum of the dream yeah and john carpenter like built this whole movie idea and like screenplay and everything like around this creepy dream which is interesting because it's one of the most like striking and interesting images from the whole oh, movie really I, really, I really loved it creeped me uh, out i did read i know you, this is your your brie i'm stepping on your toes here mm-hmm. i did read that the way they the way they got it to look the way it does is they they shot it on a video camera and then played it back on a tv and then filmed the tv yeah so i was like oh cool john yeah. carpenter always comes up with like really interesting uh kind of like low budget DIY ways of doing things I would always talk about how they did the opening credits of the thing yes with the garbage bags and fish tank yeah it's I was so like good. they're so it's cool so cool it is so right um, but yeah um, he's, that's why he's the master but I mean this this film has like you know before we even get into the story it's got a ton of different people in it who have been in like we know that John Carpenter if he finds someone that he likes that he likes working with he likes their work and everything he'll be like come along we'll get you in all the movies yeah. it's fucking great so we've it's got it's like a Wes um, Anderson movie but people are getting stabbed with bicycles yes <laughs> that was ridiculous we'll, we'll, get, talk about we'll, that. Get, we'll talk about that later we'll on. get into that a little bit later yeah but this has got um like donald pleasance who you know is like dr loomis from from halloween and in this like he is he's not he's billed as priest but in a lot of other things he is like father loomis yeah so i like to assume that he is uh they're he's either, yeah. yeah they're either like twin brothers or uh, dr loomis like decided to turn to the church after uh, michael myers man of just, science man yeah. of faith yeah <gasps> He's like a combination of oh, and that yeah. just ties into the story of this yeah, entire really movie because there is so much. It's it's all obviously like science versus faith, uh, you know, like logical written down numbers versus scripture. Yeah, well, computers I think it's, I think it's versus almost like Latin. It's like saying oh. saying verses is maybe not even the way. I, I feel like it's kind of um, using science as a way of explaining faith. Yes rather than like one's wrong one's right it's kind of like they all weave into the same tapestry yeah on a subatomic level yes um so, so yeah 
yeah i mean that part of it just like grabbed me completely because like i love you know like arcane esoteric demonic like stuff like that but that they were able to like explain like you said you know explain it on like you know particle physics and theoretical Mm. physics levels and stuff there were a few bits where i was like i'm getting a wee bit lost here but there was a couple like star trekky sort of moments Mm. where i was like Mm. you know get get to the dumb dumb explanation (laughs) well i think john carpenter had said before because i think on like the commentary for this there's a lot of him talking about you know like that he wanted to keep it as short and succinct as possible and i think there were a few bits where like it went a little bit long for me but like maybe it was just because i was like come on get back to the creepy demon things you know it's um his i'm gonna give my my quick capsule review Mm -hmm. it's an, a movie with a lot of really really interesting ideas and within the, the, some of those ideas are kind of uh, displayed in a really interesting creative very surreal kind of way but it doesn't add up to the sum of its parts I feel like trying to display some of the kind of theories and ideas and concepts that they're getting at in this movie would be so difficult for anyone you know what i mean mm. that's why um this movie was like pretty panned when it was when it first yeah. came out um and i can sort of understand why but i think it's got such great ideas and there are so many striking visuals at it that i totally give it a pass i i don't really fault john carpenter for it because who could you know mm-hmm. who could make a movie like this back in the 80s for three million dollars yeah it remind I, I tell you the movies it reminds me of it reminds me of the movies that are coming out now mm. where it's to do with like what do they call it cosmic horror yeah where it's like mandy mm. um watch mandy by the and, way and uh the void yeah and um that latest one the that color out of space yeah like it reminds me like, of those sorts of movies combined a little bit with something like god told me to mm. where it's kind of like it has such great ideas but like it doesn't quite putting those ideas into a visual into a kind of like plot device are really really fucking difficult yeah um and i salute john carpenter and you know what i mean i feel like in any in most other filmmakers hands this film would be nigh on unwatchable yeah but i mean like you said it was uh it was kind of universally panned when it came out but like he's kind of accepted that that like a lot of his films um won't do that great you know sort of as a box office hit but once it hits video it just becomes like this cult you know yeah this cult favorite so there are a lot of people obviously with the fact that like this got recommended to us um but it hasn't shown up on the list so it may show may not show up on a few people's radar but it was definitely uh you know a favorite with amongst the horror community yeah, yeah like i said considering i thought this was in the mouth of madness that's <laughs> that's how much it shows up on even you know like a casual semi-casual sort of horror fan you know what i mean mm. it didn't even show up on my radar yeah um there's, I feel like that that kind of like middle period John Carpenter gets like a bit of a bad rap. When you consider this though was sandwiched in between Big, Big Trouble, Trouble in Little China, China and They Live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every, everyone return. knows everyone knows Big Trouble in Little China and I feel like They Live has had like a massive resurgence mm-hmm. over the last couple years. Maybe it's time for maybe it's time for Prince of Darkness to to do the same because yeah. you know what I mean? They Live is not a perfect movie by any means and that is you can't escape They Live in terms of uh like current pop yeah, culture basically yeah, like, everything yeah everything 
all the obey kind of yeah yeah, definitely it's just it obviously strikes a chord with a lot of people so yeah this like like you said you know like the whole sort of interdimensional horror Mm. um everything kind of being turned on its head brainwashing kind of like zombie types and all of those sorts of things like it's definitely something that like i think people can like weirdly relate to i guess and like religion versus you know like religion and science and and uh you know just all of that all of those themes it's just something that can really really like resonate with people i think Mm. um but yeah going back to the people who are in it so you've got victor wong who um you'll know from he he basically got into this because he was in big trouble in little china but i remember it was walter chang from tremors Fucking love, tremors. love tremors tremors is so good maybe that's one which it's it's like a comedy horror right yeah 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 it's like a monster movie basically isn't it yeah, yeah. But, like i watched that a ton like that was one that i like yeah videoed. i had that on vhs yeah i like videoed it off the bbc when i was a kid and just like rewatched it a whole bunch but um but funnily enough the one that made that made us laugh when we were looking at the cast is that it's got hitchcock from brooklyn 99 yeah and the first time you see him he's in a sweet hawaiian shirt as well yeah and um yeah he shows up sort of like periodically throughout the film and uh you know like does does pretty well but yeah he's, he's good he's doing all right and con from deadwood's in it as well yes. um you know whose whose name i forget mm. terribly right now but still <laughs> um yeah the one thing i'd say um john carpenter has this real knack of like finding weird colorful characters mm. and putting them all in, in a confined space yeah. to fight off some kind of greater evil yeah um the the beginning of this movie really reminded me of the thing where like the credits kind of like intercut with introductions of all the different characters um and i thought that was quite effective you get to know them you get to know the plot straight away but the movie's barely even started which mm. which i thought was quite good um uh yeah like i said effective opening um you can it's got that unmistakable john carpenter synth in there it's like the very first thing you <laughs> alan, hear with alan the... howarth yeah. yeah i mean i i wrote down like um that this music is just not letting up throughout the entire film no and then when i was reading about it, i was like well alan howarth has done like so much like he did like a, a bunch of the halloween films i don't think he did the first but he did like multiple ones wait did john first... carpenter write this no music. Yeah, no. Music. That's what I'm Alan, Alan Howarth did the did the synth oh, with thought... John Carpenter. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought it was going to be like because uh, John Carpenter's wrote this movie as well, but under a pen name. Yeah. Yeah. He did, Martin but... Qu- Quatermass. Yes, like the Quatermass experiment. So I was like, yeah. I was almost thinking like, did he just put himself a fake name so he could yeah. like get double dip on the money or something like that? Yeah, but... pretty much. Um, but yeah, Alan Howarth did the. Uh, so John Carpenter would obviously like write a lot of the music, or he would write it, co-write it with Alan Howarth, who would then use his like synthy abilities. Like he created. No, I mean like he no, created no. a lot of like machinery and stuff to be able to create a lot of the sounds that he made. And he did like the first six Star Trek films. He did like Indiana Jones films. He did um like several of the halloween sequels and um, back to the future two and three that's like, the name i did, didn't even know he so did tons cool to... absolute tons but this they were talking about like the way they did the music in this because i wrote down like several times i was like the music's not letting up is this really necessary yeah and then when I was, but then when i was reading about it it was like they were saying that they were doing a um uh like doing a thing called uh mickey mousing which i had not really heard of before have you heard of it nope okay so mickey mousing is basically is it like sexual is it with the... no 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 oh, oh, okay. no, 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 no no don't worry no i'm joking i don't know what that was i'm concerned now <laughs> apologize to big, our listeners you wear big white gloves no no, no. 
Stop. Stop it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, Mickey Mousing is basically, uh, if you think of, like, the original Mickey Mouse film, uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons and things like that, and, like, going on and on, um, there would be a, uh, like, every footstep or every impact or every um, gesture or movement would be accompanied with a musical sound so yeah. you know like the footsteps would go yeah. and so they were they were almost doing it in this so like every time there was something that was happening there was some there was a sound to go along with it and you know there will be some people that will feel that that is like overkill that it's a bit too much there's other people who feel like that really does mean that you just don't miss anything because there is always something to accompany it mm. um so it is interesting i mean i you don't know, know just feel I, for me it just feels like it builds up the tension like continues mm. to ratchet up the tension there was a point where i was like this elastic band is starting to uh, <laughs> is starting to split around the edges once you've been with the the crew of scientists yeah um for about 30 minutes mm. i was like okay let's something needs to happen now mm-hmm. something needs to happen that's not just uh water spraying out of the ceiling um <laughs> i like the drippy water no though. i liked it i did but i then you know then they dragged that out for another 10 15 minutes before anything like really happens yeah, with it I guess. um like i said there's the tension is i think the the music is great rat, ratcheting out the tension but at some point i feel like it needed an extra sting here or there or a little change of pace or a little something to happen that uh, would have just kind of like broken up a bit i don't know i mean like i was i think i i was just feeling that it was more rather than like um build up tension and jump scare as we're so used to nowadays it was like slow build up of of tension I kind of likened it I know this is t- sound totally weird but I kind of likened it to the feeling when you're going like up in a roller coaster like rather mm. than it being like tension that you don't enjoy as we've had in multiple films where like it's just yeah, yeah. oh my god we're watching this going oh my god it's like well, <laughs> no it's either boring or it's just relentless and you're yeah. like oh god I can't this was like enjoyable fun kind yeah. of like going uphill towards like whatever was going to happen and you had all these like slow build-ups and stuff and and i mean some of the bits that i really enjoyed like the um sudden like gentle appearance on the you know like out of the corner of your eye of like insects and bugs and worms and ants and things like that then the slow congregation of the uh of the homeless people who you know in uh like slightly given their politically correct name from the credits schizos (laughs) yeah schizos and they're they're referred to as schizos so slightly problematic (laughs) in these days but headed up by alice cooper who i loved it was just i thought it was fantastic because he apparently just turned up on he he got invited to set um I think they had, uh, I think his his manager, Shep, yeah, Shep Howard, yeah, was involved in some way, and so they they had him on set, and uh, yeah, he he got asked whether he either got asked or he asked whether he could be in there somewhere, and so they made him like the head of the the yeah. crazy homeless people, the bike stunt. He already had the bike as a prop and he already used it on stage before it was in this film. Oh, nice. And the guy that he <laughs> impaled was, in fact, listening to Prince of Darkness by Alice Cooper. Cool. You can hear it in yeah, his headphones as he's, uh, as he's getting killed, which I thought was like just a really nice touch. But that those bits really creeped me out. Like when yeah, he yeah. first started seeing, you know, like the... Uh, the old lady um, sort of looking like she's like bowing and like oh that was fucking fantastic yeah, like really creeping out and then it comes up a bit closer and you can see ants climbing up the side of her face like 
and when, they, when she talks to um donald pleasance and she's got that slight like voice modulation going mm. on as well where it's like so it's like oh, it's real creepy like but, distorted voice yeah but then she sort of like slowly goes to her knees and like rubs her face on his on his uh clothing like you know like people yeah. did to jesus apparently yeah and all of those bits like i loved all of those bits and like that they were just like permanently hanging around outside yeah and i got that feeling like we did watch the void uh it's not on the list or into the void the void no it's the, the void. void and I absolutely adored the, um, you know, the the cult members. I guess yeah, that cultists. were all sort of like standing. Anyone, sta- any group of people standing stock still <laughs> in a formation. This is why the outside world is creeping me out right now because everybody is just standing in <laughs> queues about two meters apart, which weirds your brain out because that's not how queues work. But people are just moving, shambling slowly in one direction to get into a supermarket. It creeps me out just yeah. a little bit, so I'm going to be staying indoors. So Good idea. But um yeah, it's just like we said, it's it was all the sort of homeless bits and like then like inside the building they're setting up the science bits and everything while the world outside by and large apart from the collection of homeless people is kind of going on um not knowing that yeah. any of this thing is happening. So let's, it's um, real makes it feel really closed in. Let's talk about the characters though. Okay. The two main characters, Dan Forth and mm. what's the guy with mustache? Mustache Pete. Mustache man. Mustache, mustache Pete. man. Brian. Um, Brian. Brian Marsh, yeah. What did you think of him? Didn't like him. Yeah, me too. Me too. No. Didn't like just... this whole love story awkwardness. I also didn't like the whole bit where he just like jokingly says confirmed sexist and proud of it so do you want to go out to dinner and she's like yeah all right um <laughs> didn't didn't work for me i just found them a bit boring mm. if i'm honest mm-hmm. um also are they supposed to be college age students i literally wrote that down i was like that is a hell of a mustache for they a look, college guy they look even older than like the beverly hills 90210 kids where you're like <laughs> that guy is 50 that guy's <laughs> five years away from getting a bus pass there is no way um no yeah it would, it would have surprised me if it was like um vincent wong was actually younger than the guy who played Brian. you know what I mean? he's like one of those weird like the mother was actually old, younger than the daughter yeah but there there was like there's no way um i found like the the color characters were way more interesting than the main characters yeah. which i guess is kind of like you know could you that's kind of the way they're supposed to be like they're supposed to give a little bit of like a uh, little bit of something different but i mean you had dennis dunn who is in also in, yeah, yeah. in little china who uh who plays walter who's like the wise Neurotic wise kind of like, yeah. yeah but wise cracking guy uh always trying to hit on the girls and like yet again you know there's a few jokes that maybe haven't aged yeah. <laughs> particularly well with him um but apart from that like yeah a lot of them kind of fade into the background i didn't really learn their names apart from was it susan with glasses yeah red, that was a funny little redhead that was glasses. a funny little joke like kept on going on yeah susan redhead glasses i also know. quite like um the guy <laughs> that uh con from deadwood played who i feel like you've found the name of right um yeah so the it, like the the actor's name is peter jason uh, hey, peter and he jason. was dr yeah dr paul Leahy. yeah he was good he yeah. he had a funny little he was doing a fun trumpet noise which <gasps> uh, he Kirst- totally he totally suggested that as well he Kirst was like and i do that to each that. other all the time just walk around the house doing weird trumpet noises at each other to uh to punctuate whatever activity we're doing yep. but like i said for the most it's no the thing you know what i mean mm. like the character the, the all the every character <coughs> in the thing is like memorable this one less so okay but that's a kind of maybe an unfair 
kind of like comparison. Yeah, they're both John Car- they're both John Carpenter movies. They're both part of the same trilogy. Yes, but the thing is like a is kind yeah, of special. You, you can't bowl yeah. magic twice. But you cannot. You are going to find it very difficult to find anything that you love more than the thing because I know just how much you love that film. So anything like that. I mean, like I said, it's no film is going to be perfect. It's just not possible for for a film to be perfect. But this film has had enough to to grip me, to really, like, interest me. Like I said, there were only a couple of characters that, like, I really was sort of bothered about whether they survived, whether they were killed in, you know, creative ways or whatever. Which I guess kind of works because there are some where you're just like, yeah, like you can like really, really sort of weirdly cheer for the for the killing. Yeah. Um, and and we've got some pretty gnarly deaths. I mean, you know, like the the you know, I'm trying to think. Like first one you see is is bike impaling, which is great. I wrote down on my notes. He must have entered the Gore de France. Which... Oh god! I was trying to think of other good wrote, bike puns. You wrote that down. <laughs> I wrote it down. You wrote it down. Oh my I, god! I wrote impaled okay. on a bike, Gore de France. Okay. Then, uh, then Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine Nine gets gets a big old neck that was break. A, te- a terrible neck break. I've seen. Yeah, but it Head wasn't twist. like. A, but it wasn't like a good one. I've seen. It didn't. I didn't feel like that had the the force to break his neck the best kill best death in the movie by a mile was the uh was the stabbing yes. of uh of Wyndham by the uh by the homeless lady uh, and especially what happens to him afterwards like the the, the stabbing was cool but like filling up with insects and like Ooh. the insects basically take his form and they start talking for him um, and then he collapses but into he cl- just like a swarm of insects. But he doesn't just collapse, he collapses in segments. Yeah, it's yeah. like his legs go, yeah. then his torso goes, his head has fallen his, off. His arms fall off. That. But to, I mean, two observations of that, or, two, or like one observation, one fact. The way that they did the to just to make it look slightly off, and it and it did because you know when um like we watch a lot of like uh, um behind the scenes cgi you know like how things were made mm. we're always interested in how things are made absolutely love practical effects and this film is full of them so it was great um but the uh yeah where the the sort of old lady or older lady is uh is like running towards him and like it's just the shot of her arm and she's like running and normally if you would be running it would you know it would be moving they wanted it to be sort of almost like she's gliding towards him mm. in like a really you know slightly off way like yeah. any time in a movie where there's some shuffly movements or something that just doesn't look quite right it's going to creep you out you don't really know why but it's just it doesn't look normal the way that they did that was they had her stand stock still filmed her arm with the with the knife or the scissors or whatever it is that she's like shears i think it is yeah it's like and half a scissor yeah so she's like holding it and then they drove a truck with a load of bricks behind them so that it looked like she was moving but it was actually the background that was moving oh weird <laughs> yeah and i was like that's really odd and the other observation that i had is that like any sort of um like uh old school wwf wrestling fans will think hopefully the same thing that i did that that guy looks a lot like sean michaels <laughs> really he looked like the heartbreak kid yeah so i was just like oh my god sean michaels no um but yeah he gets stabbed like multiple times yeah but the and same they, carved, as... they carved the symbol into his head right did they yeah i feel into like the, oh with the hook across like, yeah his the hook face. across his face like the same one that the um the woman kelly <laughs> oh sneeze <Uh-oh>. um <laughs> 
quarantine. No, um, the <laughs> the same one that the uh, yeah the woman gets when she bumps into that piece of machinery earlier yeah, on. So Kelly gets that gets that thing on her arm. The bruise sort of continues to uh, to grow and spread, and she shows it to she shows it to someone, and they're just like oh oh that doesn't look good are you okay she's like yeah no i'm fine but she's like rolled her sleeve up and she's got like an arcane symbol on her arm which by the way was taken from a blue oyster cult album cover there we go Um, rock and roll so but honestly if you were in a building where some weird shit was going on and there was like weird you might want want a second opinion on that one and that whatever and she was just like no i'm fine so all right then i'll wake you up in a bit see you later no not good you'd be kicked straight out to the homeless hordes for real i'd be like Um, yeah (laughs) On to some things I didn't like so much. Okay. And then I'll do my one final okay. bit, bit that I loved. Okay. Um, the people that get infected by the water... Yeah. Didn't like it. I feel like they need they just were boring. You know what I mean? They needed some kind of like... If they'd all been like Wyndham and they'd all been fucking made of insects or they all had bugs crawling them over all the time or something like that, they would have been more interesting. They needed some kind of like physical or like vocal tick or something that made them seem yeah, really otherworldly they just kind of like stood around doing nothing like in the scene where uh walter's like trapped in the in the cupboard and the two girls susan and uh the other one who i can't remember the name of mm. are just like standing there staring watching the the prince of darkness be born from this you know from the woman mm. I, they just stood there and I was like there's nothing really inherently creepy at them it's just like two like 20 something women just like standing, standing looking I was like no there's nothing scary and because they were wearing their normal clothes as well it's not like they'd been like drenched in blood or like ripped mm. apart or anything like that it was just like you know if you <laughs> imagine that like freeze frame and put on the back of the video you'd immediately be like well I'm not going to watch this this looks shit yeah um, but then also uh, one bit about that that particular section of people so you've got um so it's uh kelly is slowly deteriorating into a pile of mush with yeah. a pregnant belly which is quite creepy um you've got susan and lisa uh-huh. lisa's the other one who was like typing away on the computer yeah, yeah. earlier which was also creepy as hell um and uh and then walter stuck in a cupboard with those two staring and like yeah kelly getting worse and worse as like the minutes go by and he realizes he can shout through the wall at like the um the people on the opposite side and they're trying to like get him out and he just throughout the entire thing is like save me i don't want to die he's not like (laughs) kelly this person who we've been working with for days and days and clearly have some kind of like emotional caring attachment to is dying in the other room you should go and help her i'll be fine in here for a bit yeah, but he, he was also just no because he very self preservation. Nah, because he knew that she was infected by the mm. by the thing. She mm. was like swelling up and going all fucking weird. But he didn't mention it to he any did. of them. He, on he the must other have side. off camera because they knew they were like because um, th- at that point, uh, Bakari, what was his name? Oh, Victor Wong's. Yeah, yeah, Victor Wong. Yeah. yeah, his character. Yeah, um, he was like tell us if there's any update on her condition ah. you know what i mean i was like so he obviously okay. knew that they knew that something was going on with her yeah. um i then also was like i said there were a few little points where i felt like it dragged ever so slightly mm-hmm. um but it made up for it because i fucking loved that scene at the end the two mm. two parts at the end that i really loved one was where um uh are we saying her name's vicky the yeah. one who was pregnant no, Kelly. The, Kelly. Kelly, right? Sorry, there's so many like '80s names in this. <laughs> Kelly and Vicky and Lisa. Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a uh, yeah. So when uh, 
Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> when Kelly was uh, putting her hand through the... Mi- when she put her fingers through the mirror, first mm. of all, I was like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Then when she finds the giant mirror, mm. that was also incredibly cool. Especially when you start to see the anti, anti-god yeah. reaching out for her. And then he starts to pull his arm through the mirror... I thought that bit was fucking great. Really, really cool. And this bit had like the weird like claws. It's and it was the all quintessential red, well. red with black nails. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? I was like, like Alice, yeah. Satan. Yeah, Alice Cooper had like uh, said this is like screaming out for a sequel where you see more of the anti-god. And I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of against that though. Because a lot of the reveals for like, you know, when you see the monster in its true glory, you're bit, it, we've talked about it before. We've been like, oh, is that is that it? Like, the only way I can imagine the rest of that, it would have to be like Tim Curry and Legend. Tim Curry and Legend, or like the um, like the demon creature in the Tenacious D. Like, yeah, exactly. Like but who basically, he basically yeah, is. basically yeah. from Legend. Yeah. That's all I can imagine the rest of that body would look like. And then pretty I'd much. be like, meh, that's pretty cuddly. <laughs> yeah. um, that part I thought was fantastic. And I also really loved the uh it was a bit cheap and a bit sort of like eh, eh? Mm-hmm. like the very final like inception style ending with the uh when he sort of like reaches out towards the mirror and it just cuts before he touches the mirror so you're not like so you think did oh he, did, did he did he go through he? or did he not or yeah. i really like that a but, nice bit of amb- ambiguity um you know the cynical part of you could be like oh set up for a sequel mm. but to my knowledge did they do a sequel to this no, no. so no. there you go so fuck you <laughs> fuck you naysayers yeah but i mean yeah it was there was some bits in it that just like i really 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 enjoyed and like you said the whole sort of end bit was was fantastic it was just it didn't need to have we'd already had a lot of explanation um like why they decided to form like the brotherhood of sleep why they had um kept this a secret from the vatican what the science part of it meant what it meant if if they didn't fix it you know and and everything else and all the sciencey stuff but then towards the end it really didn't need an explanation as to like what was happening so like kelly was like um you know impregnated or you know like possessed she was slowly deteriorating she was calling out for because she is the son of the anti-god she uh was calling out to her father who's trying to come through the portal and she tries to do it through the little makeup mirror but she can only get like her fingers through because it's too small and she can't quite figure out why she throws it down and it smashes and you're like oh okay so the mirror is a portal but you can break the portal by smashing it good got it um and then you have donald pleasant's like hanging around in the background like reading bits from the bible to like and and like really having a crisis of faith as well like yeah. you know where are you like what are you doing while we're trying to people are dying what are you doing mm. which is obviously a question that a lot of people ask about like their yeah, the God church a lot of time <laughs> yeah. like what the hell are you doing like you're not doing anything and all this shit is happening and ugh, i don't know um and then he you know it's just like right okay they do the really excellent like it's uh prosthetic arm through mercury to get the Was mirror it through mercury yeah oh gross so it's I a fake like fake someone arm. got really ill after doing yeah, that I'm fake sure. arm into mercury for the world going into the opposite world and then it was um prosthetic arm into dark swimming pool for the other side yeah um and they were saying like the uh you know they had to film the scenes where like you know you're like diving through the mirror and then like that one final shot um of her like in the in the nether world like reaching up to the surface was like really well done and 
yeah i i those bits were like really really good like it just built up but i was trying to work out whether it's a horror trope or a, or a carpenter trope where you see all of these small things that um are you know you you notice earlier on in the film and then it becomes part of what happens later on and then it all builds up together into this well these are all the things we've learned about yeah, what yeah. happens here and if we put them all together then that will be the the thing that'll end it all yeah and yeah i was trying to work out whether that is like just yeah because i guess from like the the fog and the thing and yes yeah all these things like people have learned while they're off on their own and they've they've worked out these things and then they come back to the main group and they bring what they know to to the group which helps the group effort to yeah. beat the beat the big bad scary thing so yeah i i really loved that um i did also love that like he's having he there's one final jump scare before the mirror um oh yeah before the mirror <laughs> jump and he so all the way through we've started to see that the brotherhood of sleep if you become closer to like this pile of green you know the jar of green goo and you get almost like um inducted into the order um of trying to protect the world from this horrible thing you start having these dreams which are the transmissions from the future which was the bit that i was like okay i kind of like that right. part i was I like, like the, ta- the tachyons yeah so, was good. Was yeah so they they're like transmitting from the future and like you can hear the little voice over where it's saying you know this is a transmission from the year 1999 and um <laughs> futuristic mm, <laughs> and um yeah and then uh yeah it's it's the creepy ass like tall black caped figure and i was like waiting for it to show up but then right at the very end after they're like we've defeated it yay like everyone's safe and it's all gone and you know banished to another realm and never gonna come back again and everything else and then uh and then brian starts having the dream at the end um and it's is it diane i can't remember her name now uh banforth yeah danforth catherine 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 Danforth. Um, yeah, so he obviously watched her like dive through the portal into another world, and then the mirror was smashed, so she can never come back. Um, and then he has a dream, and uh, it's the same setup. So we see the camera panning across the front of the church building, and you've got the dry ice and the smoke behind, like they're coming out on stars in your eyes. You know, like, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, and tonight, it's... Matthew, I will be the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Woo! Um, and it turns from that into uh, from the dark hooded, like tall, very lanky, long, you know, like creepy humanoid looking figure into Catherine. And she's standing there like looking very, you know, like arms in the air and very, I don't know, evil or possessed. Yeah. And uh, and then he wakes up and then he has a jump scare because he's in like he just spots like Kelly in her like mangled form laying next to him in bed and then he turns around and she disappears. Yeah. And I loved that. I thought it was just this weird, you know, aftermath. I love I love a good the PTSD. Aftermath. Yeah, I love a good aftermath jump scare. But is was it PTSD or was it they were trying to get through to him in the future saying now that you have done this? Yeah. You've stopped that, but now she has been turned into the uh, that, into the real evil. That and, is what I would say is the is yeah. the is the what they were going for. Yeah, that so, would be my guess anyway. Yeah, so we're going to keep transmitting all of these stories, to, all of these 
these uh you know warnings and stuff to you to let you know that in the future she is going to come back and you're going to have to go back to that church and like you said yeah. it was almost like they set it up for a sequel but i think it was just set up to be like these evil things will continue to happen yeah. evil men will you know like mankind will continue to do evil things and we just have to do our best to try and stop them from happening when they do kc yeah did it shit you up there were certain bits that shit me up <gasps> really yeah which bits well the the creepy the creepy video the dream transmission really creeps me out um because it's just there's just so many bits in it that are just slightly off do you know what i mean yeah. like just not quite right um i loved the like i said you know like the the ants appearing the worm, creatures worm windows. yeah wormy windows and all that kind of stuff the um like the slow shambling like homeless people wandering around outside was creepy as hell like i love a hive mind yeah creepy kind of thing um I don't know there were just certain bits that creeped me out but in a really good way like that real you know adrenaline feeling that you get from uh from things it was just yeah it excited just it just got to me a little bit hmm. but in a really good way so like i said you know going up going up on a roller coaster rather than like feeling you know like intense crushing dread and terror <laughs> so it was just it was hugely entertaining the sets were the sets were great considering it was just it was in a, it was filmed in like an old ballroom basically that was falling apart and they had to sign waivers to say that they wouldn't sue if anybody got injured while they were while they were filming it because it was just falling apart around them um but i absolutely adored just the running theme throughout the entire film was the science and religion coming together so you had computers that were typing up um like ancient transcripts or scripture and translating it and typing it up on a computer screen and it made it no less creepy because it was on a computer screen yeah um and then you had you know like bunts and burners and science kits and beakers and uh you know seismographs and stuff like that up against like rooms filled with crucifixes and permanently burning candles did they have like an intern who just yeah, went yeah. around and lit all the candles <laughs> i was like I, I swear at some point they unlocked that basement room and went down there i was like no one must have been down here for like 20 minutes <laughs> for like 10 years or, like all these candles are still burning but there you go yeah good um, candles it but, didn't shit me up there okay. were some really cool moments in it that i thought were quite creepy i'm always swarms of things not a fan not a fan of swarms of things they always make my you know make you go all creepy yeah they put my they give me like itchy skin it's <laughs> horrible um i really did love the mirror scene and mm. i really really loved the um the man filled with bugs mm. i thought that was great mm -hmm. um there were some parts i just thought were too slow okay um and there was a lot of moments where it's like totally they had this weird thing where it would be like drip, drip, drip of information, and then they would have this like giant info dump. Yes. Whereas I, yes. which I could have done without. Yeah. The pacing was a little bit off, but yeah. apart from that, you can't really. No, like I said, I didn't love the two main characters. Um, having said that, all that, I did really enjoy it. I enjoyed it probably more than the fog, which I know is probably gonna. Some uh -huh. people are probably gonna be like, whoa, but I, I did enjoy it more than the fog. Um yeah okay good, good thank you for for recommending it everyone yeah, have you got you. any more you want to add for any little well, tidbits okay. of information so one of the um one of the other bits that really creeped me out is um 
I'm trying desperately. I'm so sorry. I'm trying desperately to find the the name of the guy because again, you get a couple of names, but I don't think you learn um, Brian's name until he introduces himself. Maybe about like half an hour into the film, like mm. you're not really sure who all these people are. But you have the guy who um, uh, he gets, you know, infected by the spray of liquid into mm. his face. He's walking up the stairs dragging a chair behind him singing amazing grace and looking like he's having a nervous that breakdown guy was, that guy was terrible <laughs> but it was that bit no and i then, did not i've got to disagree cut, with you and there and then he cut his cut his throat with a chunk of wood with the bluntest piece of it was like a but lollipop throughout, stick <laughs> throughout the rest of it he was um like giggling which was really quite creepy and and then you saw him and it was trying it was trying to work out or i was trying to work out whether like he was um uh, whether the mirror was going to be the thing that was going to help them to defeat them because they were seeing themselves and it was causing some kind of weird, you know, they were recalling their memories of being a human and, and stuff mm. like that. But it actually turned out that, like, he was trying to do the portal thing, but he couldn't do the portal thing because he wasn't the chosen one. Yeah. So that bit. But, that guy was terrible. But I've, creepy I've got laughing. A, I've got a, no, I didn't. Because the thing is, it was completely out of context, out of step with all the other guys like mm. if they'd all been like that i would have just thought this guy's just a bad actor yeah and he's not doing a good job because he was his creepy laughing and singing amazing i can tell exactly what it was it was an actor going up to john carpenter and be like listen i've thought of like a little bit i can do and john carpenter was just like yeah, <laughs> yeah go for it whatever yeah. um it, that's why for me it just seemed like totally out of place it didn't mm. seem like it was in step with all the rest of them the guy was not a great actor. Sorry, really sorry, really, really sorry. He was not a good actor. Um, he did try and gr- like cut his own throat with basically a tongue suppressor. It would look that blunt. I was like, no, I did not enjoy. It. That was, if anything, one of the worst parts of the movie that I just forgot to mention because I didn't want to shit on him. But but now you brought it up. The other, the only other bit was uh, like obviously Catherine and Brian have like known each other for about two three days. They have done it once, I believe. And no, like, it sounds like they did it a bunch of times. That's why he was like, "Well, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make a habit out of this." And it's like sound like they've been yeah se- sexy time in a whole bunch. Yeah, okay, but then also like when she's got that final thing. So like he's having a fight with like crying amazing Grace guy out in the hall. I think <laughs> it is, and um, and then you've got like. Uh, the priest and uh, and Kelly and they're trying to like you know she's trying to like bring the the you know the, the, into the, the destroyer of worlds into our onto our plane which is like dis- this destruction of humanity she is literally having a moment of like should I save my booty call or should I save the entire planet and she honestly pauses for a second before yeah. she decides to dive through the portal and save One the world. One last ride on that sweet mustache. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she wanted. Was it worth it? Probably. Um. Anyway, Prince of Darkness. Thank you very much to everyone who recommended it Thank to you. us. Um. We all enjoyed it. I feel like it when we do a reshuffle. It's definitely fucking damn sight better than Ginger Snap. So yeah, that's going to be flung off the list. So. Get out of here, Ginger Snap. Yeah, bye. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, if you have any other suggestions, please hit us up at behind the sofa. Yeah, podcast. we got we got a lot of time to to kill. Yeah, so behind the sofa podcast on Instagram and Facebook, we'll make sure that we keep the um uh, keep the suggestion uh, link up top so that you can just 
uh, throw out any ideas that you have of any movies that you've enjoyed past present or anything you you really love let us know if it's not on the list and, it, and you think it should be then come and tell us um what i'll do is i'll i'll make sure that the um that the trailer for this is up on behind the sofa vision so if you go to tinyurl.com slash behind the sofa vision you can watch trailers and sometimes full movies of uh all the movies that we've done so far so i think we've done about 34 movies right now which is pretty good um so yeah we'll we'll try and keep this going as long as we can uh while we're going through all this like ridiculously confusing and slightly scary time outside we'd rather give you some scares that you can control so yeah yeah looking for some scary movies what's up next week next week we are going all the way back to 1920 for the cabinet of dr caligari film school heads mm-hmm. mount up we are ready <laughs> so let me see if i can dig out an essay i wrote on I, in fact i never wrote an essay on this did you but, watch it though no no it's one of those ones i feel like we did study it i feel like they might have done it in the because i skipped the foundation year mm-hmm. and i feel like they did it in the foundation year so they were all it was a it was a referent a touchstone for a bunch of people that i knew but like i was like i've never seen it before so, okay so go. um the the premise of the story is essentially is uh people go to a german carnival i believe and uh there is a spookily prophesized death um which uh ends up coming true and then they're investigating whether it is actually you know a prophecy or whether it's murder nice so yeah some nice, uh, some nice german expressionism will be into that yeah there's some great artwork as well so i'll be posting a lot of that up once i find it so cool so yeah. tell them where to go and uh, get in contact with us okay so as we said before you can go to behind the sofa podcast on instagram and facebook we're all over there um if you go to the uh if you find us on instagram and facebook you can go through to our section on our website which has got uh trailers and information about where you can uh buy or rent the movies that are on the list um you can just look through everything that we've got so far all the episodes and binge them as much as you as much as you like while we're on at the moment um and yeah that's that's essentially it really right then so (laughs) from behind the sofa good night